What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Deer Vein Podcast. Another episode today. We got Isaac Smith on from Vector Custom Shop. Uh, before we get rolling, just going to say that we are sponsored by Arrow Hunter Saddles. If you're looking into saddle hunting, go check out Arrow Hunter. There's probably like six, seven brands on the market now, but Arrow Hunter was one of the originals. They've been doing it for 30 years. They make a phenomenal saddle, 100% made in the USA. And as terms of price, they're like right in there with everybody else. And I know personally, I don't know about you, Isaac, but personally, uh, one of my like objectives with with the with COVID and how much like supplies of everything went down when we realized that we couldn't ship everything in from China. One of the things I'd really like to do, like going forward in my life, is buy American-made stuff, buy more, yeah, yeah. more American-made, especially if it's the same price, yep. right? An Arrow Hunter saddle, 100% made in the USA by people who hand sew them in the USA with USA materials like that. That fits well into mine. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, if you guys are looking into saddles, go check out Arrow Hunter. All right. And with that, Isaac, what's up, man? We were just talking for a little bit. Um, I yeah. got to silence my phone quick. I had a party bus this weekend, which was pretty fun for my, oh, dang. For my 30th that. birthday. Yeah, well, my 30th birthday was last year, but COVID canceled it. So they gave me one year <laughs> to use the bus. So you got your big birthday yeah this weekend nice bus and uh we made a snapchat group of all 20 people one of the dudes when we got done with the party bus we all went back to a a cabin and he was dancing around the fire pit Uh seven o'clock it was pure daylight and it's all flat ground and he just fell just flat out fell i mean he was really drunk but he just fell (laughs) right on his face and his ankle is like the size of a really large orange like oh, dang. Dude, he oh, went crap. in got an x-rayed and and they said it's not broken but <laughs> man it's like good. yeah it's like an ogre's foot right now like his pinky toe overlaps his other toes <laughs> like <laughs> oh my gosh that sucks been there oh dude That's yeah. the worst it looks horrible so and yeah, time otherwise though oh yeah dude, it was a it was a great time you would, would you recommend the the bus for partying yeah so yeah that's like one of the we wanted the bus because obviously we don't want anyone to drive and we had a cabin so we got the bus and it was it came out to like 600 bucks so it was like 30 bucks a person or something like that which really isn't much and because we had the bus um we only ended up going to two bars um Mm -hmm. and we also did it like out in the boonies because we do have some friends that are a little covid conscious but most of them weren't Um, yeah so, so we figured, well, if we're going out to the boonies, like we're going to go to a bar in the middle of the day and our, our time slot was one to four, we're going to run into <laughs> yeah. like the five locals that are in there and, right. uh, and there's going to be no one there. So now it was good. We went to the first bar, which was 45 minute drive, which was like perfect because as we were getting close, I had like five people. Hey man, when are we getting there? I got to piss. I got to piss. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yep. so got there, uh, stayed there for a little bit. Then we bounced over to another bar um, that had live music and we ended up just getting stuck. <laughs> we got yeah. stuck there for the next hour and a half or whatever. And then we ended up just yeah. heading back and we had a, we had a big burrito bar for like everybody for when they got back nice so yeah you mentioned you have you have kids i have kids too a bunch of our friends now have kids and uh (laughs) when so we the party bus was from one to five and a bunch of the people stayed till like eight or so and they just kind of quit drinking and we had a bunch of gatorades and all this food out so people could stay hang out sober up and then head home yeah yeah, some people stay some people go but yeah Yeah. it was it was it was a grand time except for my one one buddy just busting his ankle. Yeah, sprained his ankle good. Oh, yeah. And and the funny part is he was the last Crazy. one drinking, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, serves him right, right? Yeah. Right? He was the one yeah, going, are we going buddy. to bed already? <laughs> like, dude, it's it's 1230 and we're all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to feel a little good, like watching that guy sprain his ankle real bad like i'm normally like one of the first ones to quit and just like you know 
really anymore after like a few beers I just feel so like full and bloated like I know that's so lame but um you just like, gotta I'm, go with the shots man. I'm just thinking oh I'm gonna feel like crap tomorrow <laughs> like man yeah so I've resorted to like whiskey I love whiskey and uh you know anything made with whiskey there you go man awesome. I'm sipping on some mictors right now dude have you had old elk old elk bourbon oh, who makes that i i don't know i think it's old elk i don't know it's out of i i ended up i went to the shelf at this local liquor store yeah. and uh there were all the bourbons right there right and i was just looking at them and and me and i'm sure i'm sure every hunter has done this in his life you're looking at the whiskey yeah. and you're just like that one's called old elk i should get yeah, this one's got antlers on it <laughs> right exactly it. Perfect for me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought it. Um, yeah. it didn't have a price tag on it. Turns out it was 50 bucks. I was like, oh shit. Okay, oh, well, I guess I'm yeah. buying a really nice bourbon. This one's for nobody yep. but me. <laughs> so <laughs> right. So I that stuff, but though I mean that stuff is is premium. Like I Pretty really good. that's probably yeah, that's probably one of the best whiskeys I've I've had. Like, and it's probably the most expensive one I've bought recently. Um I've bought yeah. like um Michter's and Eagle River and kind mm-hmm. of all the like the regular Maker's Mark, Crown, all those like regular yeah. high-end whiskeys. Um but this one was like one step up I guess and it was, it was yeah just a, you know 10 15 bucks more and it's like I mean I can't taste the difference. I don't know if you can, but like um you feel you feel special, right? <laughs> <laughs> especially with the antlers yeah. on the bottle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude. I, and I will, you know how, like when you drink a bourbon or a whiskey, you get like a burn at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This stuff you don't, you don't really, which is kind of interesting. Like, do you like the burn or do you not like the burn? Right. Yeah. That's kind of don't like the burn. It kind of just reminds me of like having acid reflux. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I like the taste a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Some of them burn more than others. I've tried to, I find those ones that don't burn so bad and then, yeah, yeah well i like that. well if we ever we ever get together isaac and i live pretty close i don't know maybe yep. like 45 minutes so if we ever get how together, much you I'll, said 25 45 45 yeah we yeah. definitely gotta hang out then i got a yeah i shot down i just bought a bunch of reinhardt targets i am gonna <gasps> i'm in i'm intending i'm intending yeah. on having an archery shoot this summer for a bunch of people so if you're listening to this like just stay tuned to the to the Instagram. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the yeah. podcast as well once I finally figure it all out. But right I got uh, 15 targets from Reinhardt. Um, scooted down there. They're out at Janesville, and uh, yeah, we're gonna set them up on the property, and and that should be a good time. It should be a really good time. Um, trying to that's figure really out. That's really funny that, that you were at uh, Reinhardt. That's like that's like 200 yards from our shop. Oh really? No yeah, way. Like right there on the south side of Janesville, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I think I got everything. They didn't miss anything. So, man. Well, you have to come back get some arrows for sure. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So that's a great lead. Great transition. Speaking of arrows, <laughs> Isaac, what is it that Vector Vector Custom Shop does? Yeah. So we um, we have one arrow model um and really what makes us you know the number one thing that makes vector arrows unique is that um we take in your info your specs draw length draw weight what broadhead are you using how much does it weigh what are you hunting you know and and we try to build the best most effective arrow setup for you um and you know that's maybe an experience you've had at a archery shop in person you know, uh, even if you buy arrows on the line, maybe you've got to take them into a shop to get them cut to your draw length and glue that insert in and make sure everything's flying well. Um, or maybe you go to a shop where they they don't check that it's flying well and they just cut it to your length and you thread in a hundred grain broadhead and hit the woods, which uh, is what I did for a long time um, with mixed results. <laughs> um, yeah. But really, once I started building my own arrows, I realized how much um, intention in the arrow build really paid off in the result. And 
in accuracy and penetration. So um, Vector's kind of the a digital arrow shop that, you know, you can go to vectorcustomshop.com, enter some data about your setup and buy half a dozen or a dozen arrows or actually we have a, a two pack as like a test pack um, that, you know, we believe will perform best for your setup. Um, and it's taken a lot longer than I thought I was going to. We, we started almost exactly a year ago um, at the beginning of 2020, January really? 2020. Dang. Yeah. I thought you guys, I've, maybe I've just been watching you since the very beginning. Cause I was like, these guys must be around for a while. I didn't realize you just started a year ago. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's fresh for sure. Um, yeah, it, it, I thought, I thought a lot of those digital tools would come back, uh, come together like a lot faster than they did, but I've just really underestimated like the development process and also just the data process, like, um, really nailing down like an algorithm that sizes people up very efficiently and accurately in the right spine, the right insert weight, you know, the right total arrow weight, the right FOC, like all those things that, that, uh, matter to us and you know matter in our testing um like we we wanted to set people up with um you know the right metrics on those things yeah. so oh yeah yeah that, so, that's, you, it's, it's coming together now we actually we're about to launch the new website um because the one that's up as of today what is the date today 26th. april 26th you know, that's it, still the website we launched with, you know, I, I built that like over a weekend <laughs> and it's, it it's served good, us though. well. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. It's, it's served <laughs> us well, but it's a, uh, it's time for a facelift for sure. And that the, the new and improved tool will be part of that yeah. new website. Um, hopefully, you know, week or two. We'll yeah. Flip no, that. And I, yeah. Like starting backing up to something that you said right off the bat which is like sure. uh most so <clears throat> what i've learned over the years of like i, I have a few friends that work at bow shops some yeah. of them are good bow shops some of them are bad bow shops just like you know there's good car yeah. dealerships there's bad car dealerships and sure, sure. and i'm not saying like they're bad people or anything some of them are bad people some of them aren't like <laughs> There are like, there's just, there's, there's quality and there's lower quality, I should say. So sure. like some shops you go to and their objective is, is financials, right? And yeah. they're like, Hey, um, I've already set up, you, you go in and you buy the new, the, the new Matthews V3 mm -hmm. and that shop owner goes, I know that I can tune this V3 based on a whatever a 28 inch draw i know i can slap a 300 spine arrow on here with a 100 grain head and i'm going to shoot yeah. a bullet and i can get this guy out the door and i can tune this thing in 10 minutes and i can get him yeah. out the door with a dozen of these in another 10 minutes and he's got a bullet hole and we're good yeah. and we're off and running sure. and to yeah. them it's it's about moving people there's some people that are yeah. like that and there's other shops that will actually say okay you know this is your this is your new bow you know what type of broadhead are you shooting? How heavy yeah. are you going to be hunting elk? Are you going to be hunting moose? Are you going to be hunting whitetails? Are you going to be, you know, just shooting turkeys with it? What are your objectives with this thing? Right. And how can we build something to get you what's right for your bow and not necessarily what's going to put you out the door the fastest? And right. You said that earlier. And I mean, and, and for all purposes of just pure honesty, like, yeah. The guy at Cabela's or Bass Pro likely isn't going to hook you up with anything more specific than what's <laughs> what they sell in the six pack box right there. Right. So I'm not, right. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about individual bow shops. And if sure. you get sure. your gear at, if you get your arrows at Cabela's call Isaac. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> Cause, that's yeah, right. That's, Cabela's, that's, I, that's I who mean, we're trying to help. That's exactly like who we're trying to help. Yeah. When you're 16, 17, 18 years old or whatever, and you don't know or anything, and you're not doing a ton of this research or whatever it is. Yeah. Or your parents, like my parents never bow hunted. So like, I didn't have anybody to teach me anything. I just went and bought the arrows and I listened to the bow shop guy and whatever. And I didn't even realize you needed to tune a bow until I was like 
three or four years into hunting. Like, yep, dude, me too, man. Oh, dude, I, I had like a hand-me-down bow with like the strings were frayed. It was like a 1990s Browning. I think I hunted like for four years with that thing. Never, you know, changed a string, never gave a thought to what spine my arrow was. Like, you know, bought broadheads at Walmart. Like it was, you know, and I realize a lot of people are in that boat and they, they just don't know like how much better of a result you can have. For and, damn near the know, same like, price. Like, it's not like you're, yeah, it's not sure. like you're spending uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars more. You may spend right. like 20 or $30 more, but you can get such a better, more efficient yeah. setup for killing. For sure. Yeah. And we, we, I wanted, you know, once I started digging into like, the research of like, I started looking for, you know, those people who would kind of be um, like a true North philo philosophy wise. Like um, I, I think the first time I, I thought about, Oh, maybe the, the arrow matters and I should like think about tuning my bow. Like, um, you know, I was in high school and which, you know, wasn't terribly long ago, but, uh, uh, and I think it was, um, Remy Warren. I saw him on TV on like the outdoor channel or something doing the solo hunter show, like when that just started. Yeah. And they had a little spot on his equipment and it just like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like the rabbit hole goes so deep. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so I started reading and, um, yeah, just, you know, tinkering and and got into some tuning stuff got into you know started building my own arrows got a bits and burger and just you know for a long time it was just i fletch my own arrows i don't really think of it beyond that you know mm -hmm. and then you know started messing with spine and and total weight and then even just like you know a handful of years ago it was like foc really matters I started using heavier inserts just even in, in a Easton axis, you know, and it was just like going from 390 grains to 470 grains total on a white tail. It was like, gosh, this is like a, you know, walk in the park. I can, you know, shoot it right in the shoulder and it just goes right through it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, which, yeah. which is, you know, kind of silly to say now, but, um, yeah, it, and really everything got a lot uh, clearer when I started reading the Ashby studies. I don't know if you've heard of yeah. Dr. Ed Ashby. Um, he's uh, he's been doing like decades of research on arrow lethality, and he synthesized, you know, and and granted he shot a longbow. Um, and I'm not sure if he ever used a recurve, but it was always traditional. And he, his, his like life's mission was to prove scientifically and through a, a scientific process um, as close as he could that bow hunting was ethical. It was efficient for humanely killing big game animals and, you know, across, across the planet. And, you know, he's the reason that bow hunting is legal in a lot of Africa and Russia, like, um, and uh, it, his research has, you know, been very impactful, um, even though it was mostly, or, you know, it, it was all, it all applied to traditional archery, which things are different now. So, uh, but anyway, he synthesized that those decades of research and testing just different elements, you know, and, and, and uh, narrowing research and results down to like, um, the, the angle of a broadhead, you know, mechanical advantage or things like that. Like, um, he pinpointed those things to just, just illustrate exactly what matters most for an arrow to be effective. And right. he, he synthesized that all down to his 12 factors of penetration, um, which I think probably the best like summary of his research is on grizzly sticks website, um, which is another awesome arrow company. Like they, they probably like, um embody ashby's 12 factors like um maybe the best of any arrow company um 
but they're you know very expensive yeah uh, you're gonna pay you know, for those <laughs> yeah for sure man and, and and uh which they're they're good it's good stuff you know don't get it oh, yeah and that's the that's the other thing that i've heard is like okay so you're like grizzly six the arrow itself is extremely durable the broadheads are expensive but extremely durable yeah and, and it's <laughs> built like those are like the most i don't know indestructible arrow that you can find essentially is what they claim and are very yeah. very loosely saying that but that's like yeah. what they're doing is where we have the you know some of the heaviest broadheads some of the heaviest arrows and we're gonna put big holes in sure. big animals so if you have a, right. a grizzly bear hunt once right. in a lifetime hunt or something right are you gonna skimp out on your arrows or are you gonna pay fifty thousand dollars for this tag and be like oh i don't want to spend the extra sixty dollars on these arrows right, right? like give yeah, me a break really. <laughs> For sure. So, but yeah, and, and that's that the Ashby stuff is is very influential. And one of the other things that, that you mentioned yeah. that just to bring that back is yes, he did that all with the long bone. He did it a long time ago too. Yeah. But the thing about that is is without that initial like push, like a lot of these companies and and not necessarily South just South Africa or Russia or anything, but but it's what allowed bow hunting to stay like ethical and stay legal and people to keep, um, keep killing animals. Not not solely that, but uh, a lot of conservation dollars and hunting dollars went into it too. But without that, we wouldn't have the evolution to like the Matthews V3 or the, I don't know, whatever they have right now, the spider or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It it was definitely like momentous and, um, I think because the industry has changed and like the marketing narrative is so changed towards speed and trajectory versus momentum and hitting hard. Um, it's easy I think his it, research has kind of been like, you know, not forgotten, but um, not mainstream for sure. And there's definitely a movement back towards it with like YouTube channels, like the ranch Ferry or, um, like I know the guys with the hunting public have like gotten connected with the Ashby foundation, but, um, like it's, it's in a compound world. It, it, it's not, it doesn't apply exactly. And that's, that's where like, we're trying to define like the 12 factors of penetration for like the compound era, you know? Sure. And yeah, like, and it's just mainly like FPS, like you can so much greater. Sure. It's, it's energy. It's stored energy. It's like, you know, the, the, the amount of energy, a, a compound bow in 2021 puts into an arrow. Like it just doesn't even compare. It's like, it makes the, you know, Ashby's uh, longbow in 1979 look like uh, it's a slingshot. It might as well be right. Right. Uh, but he, and here's, and here's the thing that that's always been telltale for me. Yeah. Is Ashby in 1979 was able to get full pass throughs on big African game with yeah. his longbow. For right? sure. And Absolutely. You people today shooting 2021 compounds that yep. aren't getting full pass throughs on whitetails. Yeah, man. And for sure it's, it's concerning. I know that I, I mean, I've talked to, <laughs> we've, I have friends who are, you know, not hunters and not, uh, not keen on it at all. And, and they, that's their, the idea they have in their mind of like, they've seen, they've, you know, skipped through channels and found the out, outdoor channel and they see, um, a dude in a tree stand smoke a buck at 10, 15 yards and that arrow hits a rib on the, the entrance side and like goes in a couple inches or bounces off and they see the deer run away. And then they're like, Oh man, I don't know if we're going to find it. It's like, that was a perfect shot otherwise. Right. But you had an equipment failure. <laughs> yeah. And if, if there was just better application in the equipment and, you know, a little more intention and maybe a little less of believing the, the marketing hype, um, you know, that people would be a lot more successful and it's, it's more ethical, you know, that's, 
and that was a huge thing for Ashby too, was the, the ethics of bow hunting. Um, and I, actually that's, that's one of the things I really, that's, that's one of my favorite ways to try to describe why bow hunting to friends or family, you know, um, is, is like, they're, they're like, oh, wouldn't it be so much easier to shoot it with a gun or wouldn't it die faster? It's like, well, no, when, when you're, it, it, like shooting an elk with a well-tuned arrow that you know is built to efficiently and humanely put down um game like it's like when you cut your finger with like a crazy sharp razor blade and you don't even realize it right it's just like all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh where's all this blood coming from right yeah <laughs> you ever done that or like a oh, piece yeah. of glass or something it's like um the worst and, is when you do it when you're actually like cleaning a deer and you're and yeah, you don't realize no, it no. you're like god i swear this you is more no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny i haven't had i haven't had a cut that bad cleaning a deer thankfully but oh. that would be terrible oh my gosh i am yeah, uh, so, and, and that's that's what it's all about you know is yeah the ethics having a better experience in the woods like um and and really like I think the thing that people push back on the most when we're trying to help them is, well, what's my speed going to be? You know, like, I'm, are you saying I'm going to go from 285, 290 feet per second with my whitetail arrow to 245 feet per second? Like, man, that seems so slow. Like my, the deer's going to jump my arrow, deer jump my arrow all the time anyway. And it's going to go even slower. Right. Um, but like, um, what we're finding and and a lot of people will agree with this you know um and i i tested this all last year just for fun just try to shoot the heaviest arrow i could possibly shoot and um i think my my compound arrow was it was like 750 grains last year just purely and i would never shoot that arrow for a white tail if i wasn't just trying to like prove a point to myself like um but man uh that thing went like 225 feet per second or something you know that's that's a fast recurve right yeah and uh but i i didn't have any deer jump my arrow um and it's because it was so quiet um and really what it comes down to i believe is your veins like if, if you have a real hard helical people running like four fletch with a five degree offset um so it sounds like a helicopter landing you know when that arrow is getting close to the deer that they, they're not jumping because they hear your bow right they're they're jumping because they hear right yeah and um yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's been uh, definitely a learning experience. I'm, I've got a long way to go, but I've got these, these uh, opinions that are kind of, I'm testing out, you know, and it's, it's exciting to see the system coming together, even though I would never, again, I would never shoot a 700 grain arrow. I want to shoot like a 500 to 580 grain arrow, like in there, because yeah, you know, otherwise it's like, you know, hard to, hard to accurately shoot at any, any reasonable distance, you know, with yeah, gaps being so big and trajectory sucks like a <laughs> heavy arrow. So, and that, that's not to just like keep rambling, but that's, that's a big part of like the problem with the Ashby and heavy arrow wave, like coming full circle. And now all these compound guys are like, oh, I need better penetration. I'm going to build the arrow that Dr. Ed Ashby recommends, you know, which is it has to be 650 grains in order to, you know, break bones, single bevel, ideally, uh, you know, two blade broadhead and like 19 ish percent FOC. And, uh, that, that arrow is going to just like obliterate anything it hits, but really if you, if you're hunting out West, it's totally not, practical practical at all like if you're going to take a longer shot like it's very challenging to um 
just logistically like it, it because the it's just dropping so fast the pin gap is so big it is yeah, man and it, it's like, like 40 50 yards yeah for sure if you're if you draw on a mule deer or something and he takes three four steps you have to range it again you know yeah like that that uh just is a tactically yeah. i think bad move you know so yeah what you're getting at is like there needs to be a balance yeah and, for uh, sure and i went so so to back to to jump way back here yeah like, typical just setting the stage for for people on just listening to this who haven't done any like arrow like education and, and looked at it themselves sure stepping back on this is essentially like say you have somebody shooting like let's just say 70 pound bow Mm -hmm. it's pretty normal and they have like a 28 inch draw which is fairly like average um like uh out of the box shop that gives you just a regular arrow with 100 grain broadhead you're probably looking at like the 380 to 400 grains like in total like that's your total arrow weight is probably going to be somewhere in that range yep and especially if that broadhead's a mechanical um the the lack of penetration there can can really skyrocket and that's when you get like just those four inches and you get one lung and he's only at 20 yards anyway and you're like what the heck for a mile yeah yeah i should have just blown through this deer he's right in front of me um and that's and that's just because like they it's kind of like the the really like if you go to the extremes okay that's that's what's really helped me understand this if you're really light and you throw a toothpick out of your arrow it ain't gonna do shit but yeah. if you throw a six foot two by four, it ain't going to do shit either. There's a middle ground in there that yeah. you to like figure out. Sure. And, and that mechanical head, if you're sh- like, let's just for the, for all intents and purposes, let's actually, let's start with a fixed blade. We'll just sure. run it as a fixed blade head. Yeah. Um, you're going to get better penetration with that, but, but you're still like, that's your out of the box is that 400 grain. What sure. I am suggesting is you build a bit heavier arrow because that heavier arrow is going to hit harder, even though it's a little bit slower, it's going to hit a lot harder and you're going to be able to break a rib on the other side. You're going to get through that first rib. If you hit that first rib, or maybe you hit the scapula, you're going to be able to get through that. And personal experience, um, last year I shot my elk 25 yards, uh, 75 pound bow, 530 grain arrow, fixed blade head. I broke through clean, clean through one scapula and, and a rib on the backside and pass through. Got both. That lungs. is awesome. Yeah. Elk died in uh, just under 80 yards. Um, but, but it was, it was the reason I had built that arrow was because if I hugged, it wasn't, it, yeah. if I hit it in the right spot and people would be like, well, just hit it in the right spot and they'll die. <laughs> yeah. Well then why the hell do you even shoot a broadhead? Right. Cause if you hit it in the right spot with a field tip, it's going to die anyway too. So the reason you shoot a broadhead, A, because it's legal, uh, you have to, but B, because it gives you a wider cut, it gives you that opportunity for, for error, that margin of error, it covers a little bit for you and it gives you more penetration. So the reason you build, in my opinion, a heavier arrow and, and you get more front of center, which is that FOC that Isaac's mentioned, mm-hmm. is because you're going to get better penetration and And if you have that error where you clip a rib or you hit the scapula, like I did, you're the odds of you going through it are going to be much greater and exact, exact opposite story of that dude with me the year before he's six, six, 32 inch draw, 430 grain arrow shooting Mm -hmm. a rage. And he bounced off the scapula at 30 yards. So, man, right. I mean, it was, it was was literally, exactly what you would expect and yeah. like when when people talk about these things and it happened in real life and they the guys who shot that elk at 30 yards with that just standard standard setup yeah their arrow they were high-fiving they had it all on gopro we watched the video because they were like dude it slammed him and then the arrow disappeared it literally hit that scapula and bounced off and was just laying on the ground. Wasn't even in the dirt or nothing, just laying there like someone, like it fell out of someone's quiver. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a bummer. 
Um, that oak's gonna get nice and big though now he's been educated so <laughs> right yeah <laughs> slamming two somebody years with the right like setup's that. gonna be real happy one day <laughs> <laughs> those two god those two were hilarious they were sitting on a log smoking cigarettes <laughs> and the elk walks through and the elk walks through yeah four by four bowl yeah was what was legal was a four by four and they were like oh shit <laughs> yeah no kidding but, man yeah, so the guy just shot off and, and lost it. But anyway, that's the, that's just my that's my personal story to uh, solidify the the thought process of mm-hmm. front of center matters. And if you yeah. are if you just have a regular arrow, at least at the very least in this year in 2021, take a look at it and see what you're what you have as your grains per inch, or not not even your grains per inch, just total arrow weight. Yeah. Go check on that. Do some research on it because in the fall of 2021, if you have the biggest 10 point of your life come by and you shoot it right. in the shoulder accidentally, you only get a quartering towards shot and you shoot in the yeah. shoulder and you bounce off and you lose that buck. Dude, all it takes is an hour online of watching YouTube videos and this stuff. Yeah. And you might've passed through and caught both lungs. You know, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm not anti-mechanical necessarily like, I don't really, I can't recommend one cause I haven't used one in so long, but, um, but it just, it, you have to understand that if you're going to shoot a mechanical, then you have to have a lot more energy in your arrow, right? Like, because you're going to just waste so much energy that that arrow is carrying on impact just to open the blades up. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not optimal. Um, and if you're like, even like relatively a beginner, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a great idea. It's like, <laughs> I started making 80 grain mechanicals now. Have you seen that? 85 grain. Yeah. Mechanical. Or like, yeah. Your wife and kids to use. It's like, you're going to uh, give them a terrible experience in the woods. You know what I mean? It's, it's the, it's, it's the exact opposite of what most people think is like, yeah the slower your bow is yep. the actually the heavier arrow that needs to be. That's why yep. recurve and longbow guys shoot like 600, 700 grain arrows exactly. because they need all that knockdown power. So yep. like one of my buddy's wives was shooting, uh, she shoots, I think 35 or 40 pounds and yeah. she's shooting and like a 23 inch arrow. She's got like a 25 inch draw. And, uh, does that make sense? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. And she, uh, and she was shooting like a hundred grain rage yep. and she wasn't, she had shot, uh, one buck earlier that the other year I was talking to him, she shot a buck and she just didn't get any penetration. And then she, she shot mm-hmm. another one and she got like five inches and got a lung and got the buck. But, nice. um, and I tried to say it as nicely as I could, but I was like, I was like, you know, one of the things I was listening to this podcast the other day, they were talking about how, women actually need to shoot more like recurve shooters shoot which is just slower arrow so you need more momentum um or you need more weight to carry that momentum through that animal so maybe next year if you don't want to potentially lose that yeah a fixed blade head and maybe give her a 125 you know for sure yeah even just moving to fixed is like a world of difference in that scenario uh Mm -hmm. like i remember um even like big mechanical guys, like I've heard John Dudley say, like he shoots a rage, you know, but he'll mm-hmm. say like my wife and son, like only shoot a muzzy trocar, you know, because they have, you know, shorter draw length or whatever. Right. Is. But it's like, oh, that, that should, maybe you should talk about that a little more, you know, <laughs> help all these people flinging rages through the woods, like have a little more success, have a better experience in the woods. Yeah, uh, I think the yeah. main objective. I'm not great at blood trailing, man, <laughs> and tracking, or I don't know. So, yeah, and I am not anti-mechanical too. I I believe the same thing as you. You just you yeah. like me shooting 75 pounds and a 30 inch draw. Like I wouldn't feel bad shooting a mechanical, yeah, white tail sure. or anything. Yeah, but I also have a ton of momentum. And I have a, you do. Yeah. You can, you can afford to use the energy to open that head up. And that's the difference is, um, it's it's hard to put a number on it, but like for myself at 28 inches, 
70 pounds. I have like literally the most common draw length, draw weight, like out there. I didn't even uh, know that. And that's what I guessed is like, it is, it is like the most, yeah, it is the most. Yeah, common. I think it was like more than 65% of our orders so far have been 28, <laughs> 70. Yeah. But, uh, but it's like, I mean, I'd, I'd probably shoot a mechanical if it was just white tail or like, you know, something. I shoot turkeys with mechanicals. Exactly. I shoot turkeys. with <laughs> Why not? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I need all the help I can get. So yeah but like i probably wouldn't want to do that in less than like 550 or maybe even 600 grains like just because i shoot a 565 grain arrow with a fixed head you know and that's yeah. just where i feel confident it's like you know I, I know exactly what's going to happen like no matter what i hit and and to best, your point, uh, like I can't control what I hit. Like I can, I can do my best. I can, even if, even if my arrow hits right where my pin sat, right. Things happen between that time you release that arrow and when it hits like, mm -hmm. and you just can't control that. So be ready for what you can't control and have that confidence that you're going to get through whatever it hits. Um, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, shoot, shoot sure. for the best and shoot for the best and plan for the worst, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and to, to that point, uh, again, it's, and I'm not, like I was saying, I'm not anti-mechanical. I just, like, it's it's just that inverse relationship that people don't think of. Like, it's not lighter bow, lighter arrow. It's lighter bow, yeah. heavier arrow, heavier bow. You can go lighter and be okay, but yeah. most people don't. For sure. Actually, I, uh, I've just been getting into trad a little bit myself Yeah. and, um, just like growing up as a kid on the, on the farm, like, you know, I had a recurve, would shoot rabbits and stuff like that was kind of my intro to archery, um, and hunting, I guess, because mm -hmm. I, I don't really come from a hunting family, but, but, um, yeah, I, I have a loner, uh, striker stick bow. It's like okay. a hybrid longbow. It's 45 pounds, 58 inches long, and uh, built up the vector hammer, obviously with some uh, some feathers, and been practicing for a few months. And yeah, we just I just went to Texas uh, for hogs uh, two weeks ago. Nice. Did and it was man, it was such a blast. And I did shoot a nice boar. He was like. 160 pounds i don't know if that's nice that's the only pig i've ever shot uh, and it, there's just you know there's hogs everywhere you get multiple opportunities every day i think i missed honestly eight times and uh, it's hard man it is hard. hard but i remember the first uh i i passed you know several pigs because they're small or whatever i wanted to the boar with the tusks or whatever yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh uh the first i remember the first five pigs i shot at uh my arrow my arrow was 600 grains with uh the iron will broadhead on it and uh the first those first five pigs man i swear that arrow is moving so slow um and they they every one of those shots like they were on edge already they like knew i was there they're like kind of frozen and it's like if i shoot i know they're gonna jump so i aim a little low but those pigs were three or four feet to the left or right of the arrow <laughs> not even just like uh, yeah. ducking it and it goes over them like, like like a big doe uh but it they were like several feet like a whole hog's length away from the arrow and it just like you know behind them it hits in the ground behind them and how many uh so are you pulling on that thing what's that how many pounds are you pulling that was 45 pounds yeah but yeah. i mean you're still probably looking at like what 170 feet per second or something like that i haven't crowned it i'd be really curious to know but um anyway i connected yeah. with that sixth hog um at 12 yards nice you know spot and stocked them personal, yeah bedded but yeah it, it was 
but that arrow, man, I, I, I got two arrows in him because the first one uh, was a little high because he was so brushy. All I could see was like a high lung shot. So I hit him high lung. Um, the arrow, literally, it looked, he had a rib on either side of his cage that I just completely severed. And nice. it, it, that was super cool to see, man. And mm -hmm. just like breaking him down afterwards, like just looked like a razor blade just zipped Rigid. that rib in half, you know, with that, that iron will. And, uh, and, you know, he, he ran quite a ways. We had a just awesome blood trail, but I caught up to him and got another arrow in him at uh, 33, 34 yards just you know nice. pinwheel double lung and he went right down but uh both arrows were you know passed through uh well first one first one broke i think because he was on edge when i shot him like he kind of stood up and like there's something there um and i shot him as he was like jumping out of the way um okay but and so like I think his legs moving like kind of busted it, but um, but it yeah it was you know basically a pass through and then the second arrow was just complete pass through hit hit one more rib on the way out and it just like solidified all these things in my mind you know it's like okay fixed head two blade just go for max penetration. 600 grains wasn't even the 650 you know and i'm in a hog is that's a heavy hide oh yeah heavy bone critter like um just a great great case study and you know even at 33 yards with a 45 pound stick bow it's like if you check those boxes you know it it really works man it's awesome yeah and if you have I remember a light arrow and that critter doesn't know you're there, he's not, he's not gonna move, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome to see that prove out. I remember yeah. just on a on the the thickness of pigs. Um, I remember one year we were we used to have friends that owned land in Oklahoma and they had uh they had pigs, they had a bunch of crops and they had pigs like all over the place. <laughs> So cool. we would, my spring break for like three or four years in high school was to go down to Oklahoma. We go pig hunt for the week. Um, I remember Man, we got one awesome. pig. Yeah. We got one pig with three 22 bullets in its shoulder and Man. it had not like, I mean, they were just in it. They like in it with blood clots around it, like didn't even <laughs> penetrate, <laughs> like just sitting in yeah. there. Sure. Uh, it was nuts. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, those are tough, tough critters just in general. For sure, man. Yeah. I've, I've uh, shot deer with broadheads in their shoulder too. Like, I don't know if mm -hmm. you've ever seen that, but, and uh, there's a, there's a butcher near us too who had a collection, you know, of broadheads. He'd pull out of, uh, you know, deer that he was cleaning for people. And he just had, you know, a Tupperware full of them. They're almost every one of them is a mechanical of some kind. But uh, I remember, I think I remember seeing the, that picture. They were all mechanical. There, there was a picture Tupperware. bouncing around last fall on Facebook, on all the Facebook groups of, of a guy that did that. And it was, it wasn't that guy. Um, okay. But yeah, man, I, I. Uh, it was like all rages and like a G5 and yeah. a G5 Montec and one, one other thing. Sure, which it happens, yeah. you know, with the fixed head, obviously. And that's and that's nothing's a finite. You know, nothing's a hundred percent, but that's why you know that's why. And a so lot of those too. heads were crossbow heads too. They were that oh, orange red. That picture. Yeah, yeah. Any anyway, I mean, that's and that's one picture. That's ten. Not to like say that's a, a viable case study or anything. That's right. One picture with ten bronzes yeah. in it you know, or whatever, but for sure, you don't know any of the other factors and it, no, it's just going to happen anyway. I mean, it could be a, you know, a grizzly stick broadhead in there, you know, mm -hmm. every now and then it's, it's just going to happen. And that's bow hunting. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's so addicting because nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to do everything right. <laughs> right? right. All the, yeah. All the it's time. So cool. Or at least just well, so yeah. Um, right. one of the, one of the things I think people, if like, you're, you're interested in like testing this out for yourself, like take your yeah. arrow, 
go to vectorcustomshop.com, grab two, grab that two pack from Isaac and literally just shoot those arrows into your target multiple times. Shoot them, do like 10 rounds of two side by side, your arrow, then Isaac's arrow, your arrow, then Isaac's arrow. And you will literally see the penetration difference. Um, sure. I, I did that sure. and I do that with my friend's arrows as well that are similar draw lengths. Yeah. On, and it's just like, dude, I am getting, you know, eight to 10 inches more penetration than you. <laughs> right. I love it. Um, yeah, That's I did awesome, that to man. convince, I did that to convince one of my buddies who is, he's a far better archer than I am. Like we'll go mm-hmm. to a course and he'll beat me yeah nine times out of ten he'll beat me but he pulls 60 pounds in a 30 inch draw and he's like i just want to be able to draw easier and yeah. i'm like yeah i under i totally understand that um but i've really like i've been doing a lot of research on this shit i feel like if you're going out west hunting elk you should probably yeah. throw like a heavier arrow in there he's like ah, i'm yeah. i'm all good and he shouldered an elk and lost it you know yeah. and and, and he's just like, dude, it was a beautiful six by six. And, and I waited, I waited months before telling him like, do you think if you would have shot, <laughs> otherwise you just would have knifed me. But I was like, you know, if you think you would have shot a heavier arrow and shot yeah. seven pounds, you probably sure. would have got that elk, you know? And he yeah. was like, I, I guess probably it wouldn't have hurt, you know? So yeah. make the change now, just <laughs> rip the bandaid right. off. It's not a big adjustment. And, and that's something people are always nervous about is they think they think that the speed is like helping them so much, right? But if you go from 290 feet per second to 250 feet per second or 60 feet per second, um, you can still have, uh, you know, a very healthy trajectory. Like you're, you're not giving up that much of anything, in my opinion. Is and uh, it, we have a a growing just you know uh, portfolio of cases you know uh, at Vector and, and other companies like Grizzly Stick who who subscribe to a similar philosophy um, and there's others too you know um, other more heavy lethal lethality focused arrow brands but. Um, and I kind of, I really do feel like we're all kind of on the same team. Cause it's like, what's it going to matter if somebody gets a grizzly stick or gets vector arrows, it's like, that's, you know, it's really about having more success. So, um, but the, the, yeah, the, the change, the switchover is not drastic at all, especially if you're a whitetail hunter, like I could go heavier. Your shots are within. I mean, exactly. especially in Wisconsin, most of your shots and most whitetail woods, most of your shots are certainly yeah. within 40 yards, but probably yeah. like 80% of them are within 30. There's not a ton of people unless you're hunting yeah. like exclusive, exclusively food plots that are reaching yeah. out to 50, 60, 70 yards. Dude, I, that's kind of why I'm trying the trad thing out is because it just occurred to me at the end of the 2020 season, like I've never shot a whitetail past 24 yards you know yeah because i was always very conscious of like where am i setting up you know and that was like part of the game is like being on top of them and Mm -hmm. you know when it works it works and it's a very short shot you know i left my single pin uh for the last two years at 25 yards um all all fall along you know because if they're closer i just hold it low if they're further i hold it high and it's um, which hasn't happened, I've, you know, because again, yeah. I've, I've only shot a whitetail at 24 yards, is what I think what I just said, but just, you know, it's, it, that's kind of what made me think I should, I could do that with a trad bow, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a really heavy arrow, you know, that's, that's point on, you just, you have a sight built in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, and I uh, say the furthest deer that I've killed is 30, I think my furthest shot was 37 yards, um, yeah. but and that still I mean, not crazy still not crazy far I no mean, that's, that's a good no, shot on the white tail for sure and she yeah. was yeah and she was just feeding feeding through and just stopped otherwise i was yeah. like I, it was one of those shots where it's like well if she stops on her own i'll i'll shoot her you know because it was obviously it was a doe and i wanted the meat but if it was uh 
um, if she was moving or I had to like whistle at her or whatever and get her attentive, I probably yeah. wouldn't have taken the shot because it's just sure. like, now she's alert sure. and it's a little fur. Yeah. And I don't think things go squirrely, man. It's, and that's kind of why I'm turning into, I, I never really had an opinion on this till recently, but like, I'm not gonna like try to stop deer anymore because I don't want them to be like, Oh, what's that? You know? And then it's then, <laughs> then the sound of your bow, you know, will trigger something and they might move. Like I had a, yeah, well, I had a I friend. Know. So I did not stop the buck that I missed this year. I did not stop. I did not stop it. And a friend of mine who's got 30, 30 bucks under his belt and like 20, some of them are poking Uh, out. And he's, he's our age. He's 30 years old, 32. That's crazy. So yeah, he, he said, dude, you all like, especially in this, my buck was under 25. He's right at 20, 26 yards. I thought he was out at 30. I shot high. Um, But he goes, he goes, dude, even if I was like, I didn't want him to, you know, know I was there. Cause he was already a little hesitant when he was coming into like this little shooting lane I had. Right. He was already kind of like, and I knew my wind was kind of blowing towards him. Yeah. That's why I was like nervous about it. But then my buddy goes, dude, you whistle at him and you aim, you aim for the heart and Mm -hmm. aim low because you've never heard of deer jumping arrows. They always duck your arrow. Like every time they'll, uh, everybody will always say a duck marrow. They don't jump over the arrow first. They always duck first and load and then jump. So, so he's like aim for the heart. And if they duck, you hit them in the lungs, you know, and at worst you hit them in the spine. Sure. Um, For sure. That was, that was his thought. And I, and I still like, who knows what I'll do in the next situation, but that really rang true is just like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You whistle, you stop them, even if they are a little jumpy. But I have shot them like a bunch. I've shot most of my deer. I try not to make any noise at all. Try to just let them stop yeah. on their own and then, and then take yeah. a shot. I, man, I, I think it's one of those things that's like you have to develop your style, right? And your tactics, like all have to work together, right? Mm-hmm. So people are going to say all kinds of different things. About <laughs> that. I get it. But that's yeah. just where my head's at right now, I guess. No, no all, all these all these things kind of work together where I'm trying to have a quiet setup that hits really hard, you know, and and it, it mm-hmm. it's just always better if they don't know I'm there, you know. It's just quiet death floating through the air. Yeah. Silent but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. all right. So yeah, we're coming up on an hour here. Isaac, well, can you tell uh tell people again where to find you and and essentially, you know, you guys like I'm going to give a little pitch for Isaac, which is essentially if you guys are, you know, unsure of your arrow setup or last year you had some penetration issues, you hit a deer in the shoulder, you didn't get much penetration, or like you're looking at your buddy's arrows and they are just sinking into your target and yours are like sitting there like twigs. Like that's, that's when you want to get, start looking into a heavy arrow, start looking into a higher front of center of arrow, start Mm -hmm. talking about broadheads and and you can call Isaac and Isaac has put together dozens and dozens and dozens of these setups for yeah, people hundreds. as yeah. dozens and dozens use cases of why this works. So you, you call Isaac, you talk to him about getting a, getting a setup. Hey, I want to shoot this broadhead. I'm trying to, these are my weights. You know, this is my draw length. Yeah. This is the type of bow I'm shooting. You know, what kind of arrow do you recommend? And yeah, right on. the setup has been useful for other people. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to help you guys. Um, yeah, it, there's, uh, I know that there's a majority of bow hunters, um, could probably use help on this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of just the way that the industry has sold on a different metric, right. Things being fast, um, and, and, and technical, like a mechanical broadhead, like um, there's a better way, you know, and there you're, you'll have more success. Um, I believe in, then the data shows like there's places you can, um, look on the internet. Like I saw a study not to go down a, another rabbit hole, but, uh, you know, there's data from organizations that, you know, uh, connected with the DNR and stuff that, you know, people who run dogs to find deer that are lost, like, how many of those deer that are recovered 
versus, you know, are never found. We're shot off the mechanical or, or uh, you know, certain setups. And mm -hmm. um, there's just, there's, there's tons of data behind this stuff, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not a theory. This is, uh, it's very well documented. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to have better success, like there are things you have to do to your arrow. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll float a, a discount out there too, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Use code HMR10 on the site for 10% off. I'll include um, that in the yeah. podcast notes. Yeah, right on, man. Um, and the test pack, basically, we will um, do, you know, the same level, essentially, of consulting with you. We'll talk on the phone with you. Um, there's a number on the website, vectorcustomshop.com. Build you two arrows for 29 bucks, free shipping um and you just see how it goes you know try them out and it's you and who else yeah so um my friend michael and i started vector he has he has moved on he he moved to a different part of wisconsin for work um so it's it's me and a, and a couple of um aero building employees um and then david williams is has become a, a huge part of vector uh, as far as just developing the the data organizing data and, and developing the philosophy um, and he's a he's a heavy hitter he'd, he'd probably make a good podcast guest he's he's a an older gentleman who has hunted for bow hunted for more than 60 years um actually knew ed ashby he's uh He's a very smart, smart guy. Um, but he's been he's been kind of a mentor and a helper and um, redesigned our production process and things like that. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small team. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's cool. And the other reason why they the reason why I wanted to talk to you was because I actually went and, and just if you go online, you start looking at all this stuff, like there's some other things that we wanted to cover today. We just don't have time for it but yeah. it can be confusing. Like a normal oh. spine chart does not outline for a 200 grain broadhead or even oh. a 150 grain broadhead or in, in a 50 grain insert or anything like that. Like you have to yeah. do all these numbers yourself. And, and the first year I tried this, I went way overboard and I was shooting like yep. a 650 grain arrow and, and it wasn't tuning well and it wasn't coming out of my bow right. And I was getting awful tears and I was, my my groups yeah. at 50 yards were terrible and my groups at 30 yards were great and then at 10 yards they'd be terrible again like i was having a lot of issues and so this last yeah. year i came back i spent a lot of money doing that too and i wasted yeah, a season dude. with a setup that i wasn't too confident in i mean i knew yeah. it worked and everything but i wasn't very confident in it and this last year i was after soon as season got over in 2020 um, in January, I went and bought a whole new setup and yeah. I just went pretty plain, but because of my draw length, I'm able to achieve 530 grains. Um, but I, I have, you know, a 250 spine with a 50 grain outsert and then, um, and then a 125 head up front, which gives me yep. what I need, awesome. um, for the penetration. Sure. But like I, I had to go from, you know, the really lightweight to the super heavyweight, spend a few hundred dollars and then come back to this. And now yeah, another sure. couple hundred dollars on my setup rather than I wish I would have known you around were around at that time. Cause I would have just called yeah. you and you would just set yeah. me up and I went to yeah. waste a season and go back and forth. For sure. So, For sure. Yeah, if, if you get online and you start like looking through the stuff and you're like, yeah, this shit's confusing yeah that's, what, that's that's why you pay isaac a little bit more money because then yeah, I'm like all right here, sure. here's what you need <laughs> yeah for sure man I, we can we can definitely clear it up and and uh i know you you're wanting to wrap this podcast up but it's uh the thing that we pay the most attention to when we're building arrows is the spine and getting a perfect spine match um, and we're very meticulous on the length of the arrow the how much weight is in your point between the head and the insert in order to get the perfect amount of flex, right? Which mm -hmm. is that spine rating. Um, man, any, any testing we've done and, and it, it's backed up with a lot of data, you know, uh, from outside of vector that that's one of the, the most, if not the most important 
factors in a, in an aero build being accurate and uh, transferring energy efficiently. And so that's not something you're going to read on a spine chart. It's not something you're going to, you know, punch in your draw length and draw weight on a, a chart on uh, Easton's website and well, not to name any names, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's not a commonly, um, no, you're not going to find it on, you're not going to find it on gold tips. You're not going to find it on Easton. You're not going to find it on any, like, I mean, it's just not there. Sure. It's yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's something we pay really the most attention to. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it absolutely can be confusing, you know, and, and you, even if you go on YouTube and, and, uh, you know, buy the, all the test kits and everything and, you know, put it all together, you're, and you get an arrow saw and you get a spine tester and all these things, you're going to spend a thousand dollars very fast, Yeah. you know, building a really great dozen arrows, right? <laughs> doesn't fit <laughs> and a ton of, a uh, ton of, uh, hours, you know, figuring it out or, or we could just build it for you for 169 bucks a dozen done, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. Thanks well, thanks, Isaac. Me, it is, uh, yeah, it is vectorcustomshop.com. I'll put that in the podcast notes as well. Appreciate it, dude. Take care. All right. Thanks, Isaac. Appreciate it.